Hey guys, welcome back to the Miss Independent channel. So excited to have you back here. Today's episode is going to be on ETFs versus index funds and what's the difference between the two. Life update, I finally got my NFT hat. And if you follow me on Instagram, at Miss Independent, you know all about this purchase. But basically I bought a hat with Ethereum, which made me really excited because I love crypto and where the space is headed. And I'm actually getting an NFT made for it. So I'll walk you guys through how I use MetaMask, how I received an airdrop and all of that in a later episode. The next series that I'm gonna do is on basic investing. And I wanna bring it back here because I've got listeners from all kinds of different ranges in terms of financial literacy. And I wanna make sure that the basics is the first piece that people understand, and then they start to layer in more complex information. I wanna bring it back here because I've got a bunch of new listeners. And regardless of where you're listening from, I want to ask you guys if you can do me a small favor to subscribe to my channel on YouTube. I've got less than 50 subscribers right now, which is kind of embarrassing. So if you can do me a solid, I would appreciate it so much. Love you guys. Today's episode is on ETFs and index funds and how in Canada you can go about purchasing both. Okay, let's get into it. First, let me break down what an index is. A stock market index shows how investors feel an economy is faring. An index collects data from companies across all kinds of different industries, and then it uses that data to paint a picture about what the economy looks like right now versus a point in the past. So it helps investors compare current prices to past prices to see how the economy is faring. Think of an index like a thermometer. So the inside of a thermometer has mercury in it, and that would be like the companies or stocks that the index tracks. But the actual thermometer itself, the measure of performance, that's what an index is. So an index on its own Think of it like a thermometer. And I want you to visualize like an old school thermometer, one with mercury where it goes up if the temperature is rising and then down if the temperature is falling. The mercury that's inside of the thermometer is like the companies that the index is tracking. And I'll go through four major indexes that we can track. The first one is the Dow Jones. So the Dow Jones tracks the 30 largest US companies and it doesn't change its weighting very often. The S&P 500 is sometimes called like the overall stock market index and it tracks 505 of the US's top performing companies. It's also weighted by market cap. The NASDAQ is another index and this one tracks 3000 different companies that are on the NASDAQ stock exchange. And the NASDAQ is predominantly focused on technology. The last one is the Russell 2000 which is sometimes called a benchmark for all of the smaller US stocks. So those are the main ones, but let's add in another layer of complexity. What's an index fund? So an index fund is a fund or a type of investment that you buy that tracks the performance of an index, meaning it's a fund that you buy and hold that invests in the same companies that the index is tracking. And remember, an index is just a way to track the economy. An index fund is something that you can purchase that invests in the same companies that the index is tracking. So there are two types of index funds that I'm going to explain. There's ETFs and then there's index mutual funds. All index ETFs are index funds, but not all index funds are ETFs. I know it sounds a little confusing, but let me explain. So you can't just buy an index, but you can buy an index fund. And I'll talk about the two different ways to do that. First, let's talk about the difference between index mutual funds and ETFs. Quick refresher on ETFs. An ETF is like a diversified basket of stocks, and it stands for exchange-traded funds. ETFs are often called a budget-conscious investing tool because they're a lot cheaper than their pricey cousin, the mutual fund. Let me explain. A mutual fund is a type of investing vehicle 
that is a portfolio that can consist of stocks, bonds, or other securities. The key is that mutual funds are professionally managed. So they're managed by a money manager who makes movements on behalf of you as an investor. And what they do is they try to allocate the fund's assets in order to produce a capital gain that they then share with their investors. Mutual funds charge fees, annual fees, sometimes called expense ratios or management expense ratios, which we'll talk about. And sometimes they even charge commissions. So a mutual fund is going to be a higher cost investment than an ETF. If your employer has RRSP matching or retirement account matching, usually that pool of money that they're matching will go into a mutual fund or a group of different types of mutual funds. So the difference between index mutual funds and ETFs, which one works for you? Well, the difference is going to come down to how much you feel comfortable paying someone to manage your investing. So if you're listening to this and you're like, okay, which one is right for me? Is it an index fund or is it an ETF? Well, it's all going to come down to how much you're comfortable paying someone to manage your investments for you. And are you able to do it yourself? And truthfully, if you're here, if you're listening to this, I think you are more than capable of managing it yourself. So that tells you where my bias lies. Doing it yourself isn't hard. It just requires some research and you guys are in the right place. Nothing gave me more motivation to take my finances into my own hands when I was at TD. It was my brokerage at the time. And I was chatting with my financial advisor and I was asking them questions and they couldn't answer my questions. And they literally said to me, I can't answer that, but I think that you should stick with mutual funds. Big red flag. So that was like the turning point for when I decided to actively take my financial outcomes into my own hands and start researching and making movements on my own and not just relying on what the bank tells me. So this is super important. The bank and and a brokerage is going to make money based off of those management expense ratios, which is why they always want to promote their own mutual funds. But the key thing is a mutual fund is going to give you a return of, let's say, six, seven percent. And let's say the management fee on that is 2%. That's a third of your return that you're paying in fees. And over time with compound interest, that is going to add up big time. So if you want to get started with investing in index funds or ETFs, the first thing that you need to do is you need to have a self-directed investing account. So the best ones to use in Canada is a TFSA, which is a tax-free savings account. It's not really a savings account. It's an investing vehicle. And you use that account to buy either index mutual funds where you pay a small percentage or you can buy ETFs. So if we look at the pros and cons between investing in an index mutual fund or an ETF, well, the big thing is fees. Like I talked about, an ETF is going to be a lower fee investment. And depending on your brokerage, mutual funds might actually have lower fees to buy and sell. But if you're holding for the long term, you're not necessarily going to be exposed to those fees. And it's not as significant as the actual annual management expense fee that the mutual fund takes. So if they're both tracking the same index, let's say the S&P 500, an index mutual fund and an ETF are going to have the same return because they're tracking the same index, but the difference is going to come down to the MER or the management expense ratio and the fees, which I talked about. And generally, if you see anybody talking about index funds and buy index funds online, usually they're talking about ETFs. The reason why is if you wanted to buy an index mutual fund, you have to do that through your brokerage. So you go to your financial advisor and you say, I want to buy something that tracks the S&P or the Dow Jones or the Russell 2000. They're going to sell you a mutual fund that tracks that index. 
Whereas you as, an, as a retail investor can use Wealthsimple or you can use a self-directed TFSA and you can actually buy ETFs that track the same index and pay a much lower percentage in terms of fees. So the, the thing about fees is it's kind of, it's tough to talk about because the way that we receive financial information and education, a lot of the times comes from the bank. And the bank has a way of making money, right? A bank is not a non-for-profit. A bank is very much a for-profit company. So they always want to provide you with advice and information that is sometimes biased and skewed, which is why they're always going to promote mutual funds and products that they themselves carry. And they don't necessarily want you to know all of this information. And maybe that's why financial literacy is kind of hard to, to come by nowadays. Canada, by the way, has very high mutual fund fees, higher than in most countries. So definitely something that you want to be mindful of. So we talked about MERs taking up a large percentage of your returns, right? Like a 6% investing return might have a 2% fee annually for it. So you're technically putting a third of your return towards fees. But let's take a look at how those fees actually add up over time and how they compare with smaller lower fee products. So if you have a 2.5% MER fee on an investment vehicle and you keep that for 25 years, that's going to eat up 45% of your returns over time. 45%. Huge. So it may not seem like a lot, right? Like 2.5% doesn't seem like a lot. In the grand scheme of things, it really is. And when your portfolio is growing to hundreds of thousands of dollars, maybe even millions ideally, that's going to take a huge chunk of money. So fees are definitely important to look at. Let's say you have a robo-advisor. So like Wealthsimple has a robo-advisor and there's all kinds of different robo-advisors that you can use, which invest your money for you. So you pay for the AI that manages your money for you. Let's say the fee is 0.7%. Well, over the grand scheme of things, over that same 25-year period, it's going to eat up 16% of your returns over time. So significantly less than a 2.5% managed fund. Let's say you invest in a TDE series index mutual fund, and it's got a fee of 0.42%. So it's definitely on the lower end, but that's still over a 25-year period is going to eat up 10% of your returns. So in my opinion, if you've got the time and the ability to research and make decisions for yourself, the way that you're going to receive the highest payout possible in the long run is to invest in ETFs. And that's going to have a management expense ratio of roughly 0.16%, which over the course of that same 25-year period is going to be 4%. So you can see the, the huge difference, right? Like this is what I talked about when I said in my Instagram stories that I'm going full quant. Literally, I've gone full quant. But the difference is if you buy a fund that's got a 0.16% management expense ratio versus an actively managed 2.5% fund, that's a difference between 4% of your money going towards fees versus 45%. And that's something that is so, so, so critical to know. So I'm a fairly passive investor for the most part. I do have a lot of active positions, but I have a large portion of my portfolio goes towards passive investing. And that's specifically my RSP. A lot of my investments right now are passive investments. 
And I tend to invest more into ETFs rather than having a robo-advisor or um, an investment account where I don't make decisions. I like to be in control of my finances. But if you are looking for a passive approach, let's say you're just starting out and you want to learn all of this stuff and you don't necessarily know how to build your portfolio, a robo-advisor is not a bad way to go about things. It just means that you're not actively making decisions. You're letting AI tech make decisions for you. And with passive investing, you don't necessarily need to rebalance your portfolio at the end of the year. It's a lot more hands-off, set it and forget it, a lot easier to deal with. So that's the trade-off that you're looking at when it comes to fees. How much am I willing to pay to not have to like actively do this and manage it myself? So let's look at some of the actual numbers between ETFs and index mutual funds. So for an ETF, a lot of the ones that I've looked at, the fees are going to range from 0.12% to 0.25%. So really, really minor fees there. But if you look at an index mutual fund, they're still not, you know, crazy like the actively managed funds. But if you look at their ratios, their ratios are anywhere from 0.36% to 0.42%. And transaction costs are going to play into this as well. So with index mutual funds, there's no transaction costs usually. With ETFs, some brokerages will charge you a transaction fee. And it's the same for like if you're buying an individual stock. Some brokerages, like Wealthsimple, by the way, offers zero commission trading. So that's definitely something that you want to take a look at. If you're going to be actively contributing every month to a TFSA or an RSP, you definitely want to take a look at what your trading fees look like. So if it's $10 per trade and you're buying you know, these same three products every month, that might be $30 that's going towards your investment purchases every month. And over the course of the year, that's $360. So not a huge amount, but still something that you're going to want to consider. So there's four different kinds of ways that I'm going to talk about that you can actually invest in index funds. And they're going to differ depending on like what strategy you want to take. So Usually there's a trade-off for complexity and cost. The easier it is to understand, the more it's going to cost you. The more complex it is, the more that you have to do your own research and kind of look into things, the cheaper it's going to be. So you're always trading cost for complexity. It's just a great way to think about it. And I want you to find what's going to work for you. So again, think about the trade-off between how much time you have, how much research you want to do, and find a balance between what works for you. What works for me isn't necessarily what's going to work for everyone. And that's why the whole purpose of this episode isn't to provide you with a personalized recommendation. I will never do that. But I want to make sure that you guys are educated and you can go out there and make decisions on your own. So there's four different types of ways that you can buy an index fund or an index ETF. And we'll talk about all of them. But the first is tangerine. Tangerine's fees are lower than what a typical fund manager is going to charge you. And they're kind of looked at as having like a one-shoe-fits-all type of solution. So they've got four different mutual funds that you can buy. And all you do is you pick one fund that's closest to your risk tolerance and you invest in that fund. It's really that easy. The next strategy is to use a robo-advisor. And a robo-advisor is going to take a modest fee, not a huge percentage. Wealthsimple has a great robo-advisor if you're using Wealthsimple Invest. Wealthsimple Trade is going to be a self-directed option. And I've got a link in my bio if you want to check it out that will give you $10 to put towards your investing, free $10. If you don't have an account, definitely go check it out. And the link is also below if you're watching on YouTube. So a robo-advisor is going to help you automate your investing. You can contribute money every month and then the robo-advisor will just automatically buy the products that you're looking to buy. So again, instead of paying for those trades or using a brokerage that will charge you commission for every transaction that you make, it's a great way to avoid some of those funds. So depending on how often you're buying things and what kind of investing habits you have, great option to look into. 
TD E-Series is probably one of the cheapest mutual funds that I've seen on the market right now. The only thing is that you have to rebalance your own portfolio. So they've got four different funds that you can look at and then you would rebalance your portfolio depending on your risk profile and your risk appetite and if that's changed. So what that means is like right now, while you're young, you want to invest in more high risk positions, things that are going to grow over time. And even though there's fluctuations that happen, you know, monthly or even daily, you're zooming out and you're looking long term. So if you've got years to grow your money, having a higher risk tolerance gives you the space to ride out any type of fluctuation. If you're nearing retirement, that's when you want to consider having more of a moderate risk profile. And that's where you want to rebalance and invest in funds that purchase more bonds or more safer um, investments, ways to actually have your capital preserved instead of focusing more on growth. So TDs, E-series, you have to buy them through a TD uh, direct investing account or any other brokerage. But one thing to note is that if you're investing less than $15,000, there's a $100 annual fee to invest in them. But if you make more than $100 worth of pre-authorized transactions per year, you actually cancel out the fee so you don't have to pay it. But that's something just to note about the TD E-series. And the last method of investing in index funds is through buying ETFs. So it's cheaper than all the other options. I've talked about that, but it does require a little bit more education. And you're buying funds consistently every month, which means you have to be on it. You have to set yourself a calendar invite and you have to be actively monitoring your portfolio. You need a brokerage account. So again, you can use something like Wealthsimple Trade. With Wealthsimple Trade, you're buying ETFs through your TFSA or RSP, but you're managing those transactions on your own. So you need a brokerage account to purchase ETFs and you can't purchase half of an ETF. Generally, you have to buy the full the full unit, which is something to note. So if you wanted to invest in fractional shares, like buying half of a stock, again, with Wellsimple, you can do that. Some brokerages you can do it with as well. But with an ETF, you have to buy the whole unit. And I get this question all the time. Like if you as a Canadian want to invest in American companies, how would you go about doing that? Well, there's a couple different ways. Um, what I do is I have a US funded TFSA through one of my brokerages. So what I do is I buy US dollars from my checking account, put them into that TFSA, and that way I avoid purchasing higher ETFs that have a foreign transaction fee already included. So I'm kind of skipping that step. Again, it's a little bit more cost effective, takes an extra step, but in the end, foreign transaction fees can be quite expensive, especially because they fluctuate all the time. So it's just my way of, again, trying to minimize fees. So you can purchase US ETFs from your Canadian account, but the fees are going to be a little bit higher because they're doing that foreign currency transaction for you. Or you can just buy a US ETF with USD in your US TFSA. How much do you need to get started is another question that I get all the time. And the key is there's no barrier. There's no minimum that you can get started with any amount. You just really need to think about how you want to actually approach this, how much time you have, how much research you want to do. And ideally, what I want to teach you guys is to build healthy investing habits. So to contribute every month a set amount right away so that you are paying yourself first. You're not paying for, you know, your Uber expenses or unnecessary things and then investing at the end. You're investing first and then you're living off of everything else. And that helps you save for retirement. It helps you save for a down payment. It helps you become financially uh, independent. And it's a great, great habit to build. So there's no barrier to start with tangerine. You can start with as low as like $100, which is really 
Not a lot. With the TDE series, you have to invest a minimum of $100 into one of their funds. Most robo-advisors have very low fees, anywhere from like $0. Some of them have a minimum of $5,000, but it's something that you can easily look into. So if you find a robo-advisor that suits your needs, definitely look into what the minimums are. That's all for today, guys. It was a pretty quant-heavy episode, a lot of details, a lot of numbers. So I hope you guys liked it. I'm going to be talking about more investing related things because I did a poll on Instagram and a lot of you guys are actually interested in this kind of stuff. So I'm going to focus a little bit more on investing for the next three or four episodes. Then I'm going to mix in some e-commerce content because I've got a lot of exciting stuff on the on the go that I want to share with you guys. I hope you found this episode entertaining and educational. And if you enjoyed it, leave me a comment, subscribe. And if you're listening on Spotify, it would mean the world to me if you guys left me a review. Thank you so much, guys. Until next time.